There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Nebraska preps post game. I can actually hear myself now, so I'm feeling pretty good. How goes it, JP? Pretty good. Uh, successful weekend uh, to close out the summer. It feels crazy that AU basketball is already over, but uh, here we are. I it's interesting, right? I just I plop my little happy behind down at the Hy-Vee Arena to watch a game, and a couple rows in front of me is old JP. <laughs> I didn't even plan it that way, man. It was uh, it's. It's almost like stealing when we are both in the same place at the same time, but we were watching different games 90% of the time. So that was good. You're busy coaching too, yeah. so that's always fun. Yeah, that's kind of the way I do it. Obviously, mark down my games first and then go look around. All right, try to spend my time balancing between different different levels, different organizations, try to see as many different teams as I can. And today, this past weekend, is another another good chance to do that. Yeah. So you guys are coming off a pretty successful weekend. I think for the most part, the 16s on the Adidas uh, undefeated. 17s feeling their way along. 15s went four and one uh, on the shoe side. Kind of to be expected. What I like is kind of nationals and regionals really continuing to represent playing at a consistent level. Uh, Shoot, one game you played with seven. (laughs) Um, which was your second to last game or was that the last game? That was the last game. Um, You know, I just, I didn't love the competition, but I like the competitiveness, right, within the organizations. So I guess that's kind of was my resolve, kind of how I left it. Yeah, and a pretty good weekend. Even some some of the wins, you ended up winning by double digits, like for us and some of the other teams. Yeah. wasn't like shots weren't falling early on and guys just played defense and continued to compete until kind of the offense came along. So I saw a few games like that. Um, but yeah, just kind of recap that uh, 17 level OSA national Freeman uh, and Beck both went four and Uh both Nebraska's uh, select Kaminsky and Nan and their West and their East teams. They went four and and the South elite 17s went four and as well. 16 U uh, OSA Adidas went four and my team went four and um, and OSA regional Benedetto Green went 4-0. That's a team that they've got a couple of players that played for me last year. Um, it ended up being a regional team, but they like, played the MAYB stuff and went undefeated in the spring. So they tried to give them a chance to play a little bit better competition, travel a little bit uh, in summer. And they've done pretty good. They've got some good players on that team. And then the second Supreme National. Um, and then 15th uh, Lincoln Supreme National one is the only one that went 4-0 among the Nebraska teams that I was tracking. So pretty good, pretty good weekend overall. Um, a lot of teams. That, it's always disappointing when it's kind of like a pool showcase yeah. only games. There's no bracket. There's not really anything you're building to. But at least for my team, it kind of worked out to where we played our best competition in the last game. So that I guess we kind of built towards that and um, were able to finish it off with a win there. Yeah, it's interesting kind of just watching what happens the last week, or really the last full week in in July. 
so much going on nationally that the competition was kind of spread thin, right? You had um, you had your tournament in Indy. You had the Peach Jam going on. This was the second session of the Hardwood Classic in KC. They tried they they, they pulled off the first session last week. I thought for kind of ramping it down, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, and it's, it's I mean. I enjoy kind of ending the season in Kansas City. It's a nice little three-hour trip, go down there. Um, they got some good facilities down there. Uh, it seems like we've played at five different locations for this tournament. They kind of move around. and uh, But all the, avenue, uh, um, all the facilities have been really nice. Um, the hy Arena, man. Uh, reception in there is not great, but outside of that, you got 12 courts. You got four on the bottom, and then that's, uh, tw- or the other eight on top. It's just kind of a crazy setup there for I, I don't know what they do at that place when it's not like a an AU setup where you need 12 courts going on like I don't know what else they use in there no I saw a, they're gonna have like a, a Christmas uh event and Omaha Scott's gonna play in it um up there apparently they were one of the teams that scrolled by on kind of the, the little video board there so that'll be interesting but um, pretty good weekend to close out the year overall. Yeah, I like the setup. Um, I don't love it necessarily from a spectator standpoint. You're really far removed. Um, and it kind of takes some doing, right? You have to kind of sit and probably and look through the opposite court versus sitting over top. See, I didn't love our seats. It was yeah. just that's where the majority of the parents were sitting. So I sat there. But normally... I would have been across on the other side so I could see the whole court. Yeah, so for the, the four lower courts, um, it's kind of the arena seating where basically if you're not in the front row, it's kind of hard to see the whole it's court because you're hanging over the top. And then upstairs, it, it's fine for the outside courts, but there are two inside courts that have no seating. So there was a game on, uh, uh, I don't know if it was last week or this week, whatever, where we're sitting there watching a game on the court in front of us, and there's this lady behind us like just yelling and like reacting at random times. Like what is going on? She, she was watching the game on the middle court. Yeah. So um, that, that's, that's not ideal, but um, to, to keep everything in one location, to get all your games in um, fr- from that perspective is a pretty good setup. Well, there, there are a handful of guys that I think will obviously be pretty integral um, to their team's success. And while he wasn't in Kansas city, I'll start with him. If, if he can keep the momentum from his summer game for his high school team, um, they've got a chance, right? Because I know you kind of like them. I think they just snuck into your top five, even though people think they've lost so much from a year ago. And they did, right? You lose a St. Thomas and a Hunter Salas and um, a Jaden Johnson. It, it can be tough, right? You bring back a Jason Green. But how important was it, do you think it was, for a guy like, David Harmon, and we'll get through a litany of guys. Uh, Brokale falls into that discussion, I think. Uh, maybe Templemeyer for, for you, maybe for Lincoln East. They're guys that could really use – Payson Gillespie is one that comes to mind for me. Could really use taking the the upward momentum from the summer and in, into their, their next season. Uh, I thought David Harmon was one of those guys that had a really good summer. Yeah, and he's – the thing about him is he's been really consistent for them. He's been a difference maker every single game I've seen them play. And that was like, even when David was younger, he kind of, for that team, he had, some, he had some moments where he's playing really well and then some others where, whether decision-making or shots weren't falling or whatever, and he um, just kind of wasn't, um, wasn't one of the best players on the floor. This summer, basically in all their games, like he's just so athletic, so good around the basket with either hand, getting to his spots to finish. Uh, he's hitting some tough jumpers now too. 
um, he he's just gotten so much better over over the past year and a half. Because even last year, um, it's like he was kind of interesting in the summer, but then you go for Miller North, and he's yeah, kind of didn't didn't really. Yeah, yeah playing, playing behind all those guys, and he's basically you get you steal a minute here or there at the end of a quarter for um, one of those um, seniors, and go out there and play a little defense. Uh, maybe you take a shot, and that's about it. Um, so didn't really have that experience, but coming into um, the, the spring, he was awesome, and then going into July, he was one of their best players, and uh, I think he and he and Jason are going to lead that team this year, and they've got a lot of good young players, some other guys that can figure it out. I think Nick Dolezal is going to have a good year as well. Uh, but it's kind of going to be an X factor for them. Yeah, because he, he does a lot of things. He's uh, long, um, active, can, we, can we rebound. We talked about Fletchers. Jackson Page last yeah. week, who I really like. I've kind of been writing that one, yeah. you know, just because I just feel like I had a, a good pulse, right? And I know Jackson reminds me of that guy that is so – fundamentally sound and sometimes I think he's hard to appreciate unless you're a connoisseur of basketball that you're always waiting to replace him right because well like I could get a guy to do the, or I could get a guy that oh if he could only but he does a lot of things really well and he may be the perfect fit for those guys when you get a guy that's a little flashier doesn't love to handle the ball as much maybe like a like a mosser a, you get a guy like Jackson Page, it could be the the perfect compliment. Um, but it will keep it will be interesting to see how he plays without maybe handling the ball as much. And and, and he can really shoot the ball. Um, oh, he's got oh, good yeah. touch, so that you would think from that perspective, it would be able to be a good fit for playing off of a Jason Green, having David bring the ball up the floor in transition, kind of running the wing and spotting up and those kind of plays. So. Um, I, showed I, showed some scoring punts yeah. the last couple of weeks, didn't he? Yeah, and I uh, he. He struggled in the first game at Washington and then bounced back and was really good in the second. That's what we like to see, if to, to not let poor performances keep you down, to come back and play your best at the next next opportunity. Um, and so, so he was good. I thought Casey O'Malley, I thought, was their most consistent performer this weekend again. I agree. Um, I saw three of Freeman's games. He scored 12, 13, and 21 in those three games and was pretty efficient. God, he in plays all those so games. hard. And... They were really kind of their last game. They were really sluggish first half. They could not make a shot. They were one for 13 from three in the first half. And the other team was kind of hanging around that they were clearly better than. And in the second half, Casey just got it going and scored like three, four straight times in a row and kind of gave them control of that game and allowed them to, to, to finish it off. But, um, so it's good. Like that, that's, that's a really good team. Uh, and then Dane Peterson, we were talking about, we we're just talking about him off the pot. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he, man, some of the blocks he made this weekend. He's, are, he's bouncy, isn't he? And then he closed it out um, with a, a windmill dunk at the end. They kind of got a breakaway. Like Generally, it's like, yeah, you've already got the game won. You're like 10 seconds left or whatever. You pull up for that, but your last AU game, game's already over. Go for it, dude. Just go go, go put that on tape. Go have some fun there. So that, that was kind of a really cool way for them to, to, to close out the summer for uh, a really successful team, especially for one that persevered through so many injuries. Even again, Chase Holtman and Chase Anderson weren't able to play this weekend. So are you surprised that injuries seem to be – am I just missing it, or is this did this seem like a more injury-plagued year than normal? Yeah, for definitely for uh, seeing some – Week to week, that, that it seemed like most of them happened in that Freeman team because they had any of I think five different guys that missed games with injuries this year, and some of them were long term stuff. 
Um, but obviously, Kale Jacobson missing the entire summer was yeah. just such so disappointing for that kid who um, great kid and really great player and missing out on these opportunities. But um, I think we'll touch on Supreme a little bit uh, later here. But um, yeah, and just kind of bouncing around. It's always disappointing, the injury, especially for guys that keep getting hurt. Um, like Chase Holtman was in and out for that team the entire summer. It seemed like every time he came back, Brendan Clemens um, tried to come back from what happened to him in the spring twice I'm, I'm, in June. I'm, gener- I'm generally concerned yeah. for him. Um, and, and for some, it's, it's so critical. And, and here I am. I mean, this, this could be my little guy here in a couple of weeks, but. To, when you come back, to come back in a such a way where you're not trying to get by, yeah. right? Because that's usually when something else happens. Wait until you're healthy and feeling good before, you know, I'm, I'm talking little things too, mobility, core, staying balanced, really being good with plyos making sure that you haven't been overcompensating, then you, you get out there and you're more apt to do something again. I Sometimes I think younger people, young people should take a little bit more time. Yeah. And it's kind of tough to find the balance between that, between, all right, are you physically ready? And, or is it a mental deal where you're just not necessarily confident, even though you are ready to get back out there. And the only way to get that confidence back is to go out and do it. So um, it's on the, the kids, their parents and kind of the, their, their doctors and trainers to kind of, try to help them through that the best way possible. But that, that's definitely right. Cause again, we saw Brendan come back, tried to play in June twice. And I saw him twice leave games cause he just wasn't feeling right. Yeah. And then obviously didn't play in July. So, um, two and, guys, I think that have handled their injury situations well and come back better than coincidentally, they play on the same team. Josiah Dotzler, who had went through an injury stretch yeah. last summer, he was in and out all really came back, um, more dynamic than when he left. And I, I like, I like Tate Oddvody's yeah. progression this summer and learning to play differently. Like, if I was a parent, I'd say, you know, I'm almost proud of him. As a guy that coaches, you want guys like that that, are, that understand roles and can adjust. And sometimes that can, when you're coming back from injuries, that can be tough because you get impatient yeah. as a young person. And I saw the Dita 16s play twice this weekend, and Josiah was the best player on the floor both times, clearly. First game, or first game, 19 points, uh, six assists, three rebounds, four steals on 70% shooting. Second game, 19 points, eight assists, six rebounds on eight of 11 shooting. Like, he just was getting wherever he wanted to, making every play he wanted to, um, making impacts on both ends of the floor. Um, I, I've been so impressed by him almost every single time I've seen them play. And I think he's starting to figure out kind of the balance between because in the past he's been a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, he's been a guy that um, you could see get tunnel vision at times, kind of not quite sure when to when to um, he, he has to go make the play versus um, just kind of move the ball, get it back later in the possession. And I think he's been much better about finding that balance between trying to do too and, much. And, and coincidentally, yeah. whose numbers did we see improve from a shooting performance this week? Was Connor Milliken, yeah. who was a guy that's had to learn to play without the ball yeah. a ton like he normally would if he's playing for, for Coach Brodsky in, in, in Platteview. Yeah, and, and they had some coaches following them around this weekend, probably Sanford. Um, 
<laughs> he was out there playing a little horse with himself uh, at, at times, kind of some of the shots he was taking, but putting up 19 in both the games that I watched. Yeah, I, I saw Morningside. Yeah. I saw SDSU over there. I saw Coach DeVries and Drake was yeah. over there. Fran McCaffrey was McCaffrey there. McCaffrey was yeah. there. I saw McCaffrey a couple times. Yeah. Um, and I thought he may have been watching Josh earlier, but then he kind of stuck around. Yep. So I was just kind of playing the guessing game. And yeah, Josh had several coaches there falling the seventeens uh, on Saturday, I believe. So um, wasn't his normal typical or his typical offensive output this weekend? He's a guy that looks like he may be wearing down a little. That you could yeah. tell it's been a long summer for him, especially coming back from mono and having to battle back. Yeah. He does everything for that team. He it was a long summer for him, and, and he's the kind of guy that isn't going to force it on offense. Yeah, just he, he's, he'll, he'll go I, take can, four shots. I can shots. respect that. Yeah, he'll go take four or five shots in a game if the other guys are making shots. And he's fine moving the ball or whatever, going make a play here on defense. So that's um, – if you're kind of looking for a, a guy that's going to put up 20 a game, like he's got the talent to do that, and I've seen him do it when they need him to. Yeah. But he also has a temperament to where – let other guys kind of get theirs. Like, I know I'm good. Um, so, and I saw more of that this weekend as well. And, but then, like, in the first game, he took, like, four or five shots or whatever, um, scored five points. Um, few assists, few really nice plays on defense. So he still made the splash plays within that game, but just didn't have a big game. The next game, um, he kind of stepped up for a little stretch when they were struggling and carried them when he needed to. Um, still only finished with, I think, 11 points in that game, but because, um, again, they didn't need him to keep shooting. So... He's the kind of guy that does what his team needs, I think, and is fine kind of filling whatever role that is, which, I mean, a, a, as a college coach, you, you, I, I would find that appealing, the ability to fit in with others and kind of ma- make an yeah, impact kinda, on the game kinda, in so many like, ways. Um, Isaac Trout learning to play yeah. with, with Jason Green, right? Yeah. And not so much Green with Trout because Jason has never really had to, to shoulder the load like he – potentially could this year. So I always I – I like that too, just to see – because that was the best player that Isaac has played with in, in a – maybe forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, and it's different. Both long bodies, similar versions to each other's games. Um, that team was interesting to watch because they have those – you know, there's two guys that if they can kind of – care if, if Will Kyle and, and, and Brokill can – transition yeah. like they have this summer at the high school level at their respective schools, Papio South and, and Bellevue West. Those are two guys that I thought were coming off really, really good summers where their game grew. And that was kind of the interesting thing about that Supreme team is they had so many guys. You had obviously uh, Isaac, who is the guy that a lot of coaches are going to become watching. He's got every offer that he can want, basically. Um, he's okay. But you had a lot of other guys that are trying to that are D two D one fringe that are um, NAI D two fringe that are trying to to show that they belong a, a, at the higher level and try to get some offers there. So, kind of finding that balance between getting every letting everybody get a chance to kind of showcase what they can do and letting your studs go out there and be studs is was kind of an interesting I think uh, dynamic for that team all season long. And in the end, we did see uh, some offers coming for some of those guys. Um, super, uh, I guess touch on that real quick. Indy, uh, the 17s, um, I guess they just came out the gates and really struggled in their first game. Um, lost one, fell into the consolation bracket, and then just dominated teams the rest of the way. Mm. Ended up winning the consolation championship up there um, in Indy. Um, 
it looked like pretty balanced again. I know Isaac had some big games. <laughs> he had a lot of coaches following him around all weekend. <laughs> Just the list. Pied Piper. Yeah, the list of coaches uh, it would barely fit into some of the tweets I saw. Um, so, <laughs> that, I mean, and, that, and that's part, I think, part of why, like, Jason Green wanted to play with this team and play with Isaac. And he's got a chance with teams coming to watch Isaac and um, hearing about this team to, to go play for in front of a few more coaches. And, um, It'd be interesting to see kind of where his recruitment goes here. He did get um, Missouri, obviously hopped in. He got a few more Minnesota, Texas, um, looking at him. Um, so, uh, but one guy that is is already calling it off uh, or calling uh, it good is a uh, Jay Dawson who committed that to Loyola, me. Chicago today. Really? And I, yeah, I guess I I figured maybe wait a, a little bit after <clears throat> the season to see if any other schools kind of jump in there into the mix, but. I guess he was confident in where he stood with Loyola, likes what they're doing in that program, and now we've got back-to-back classes, Nebraska kids going to, to Chicago there. I don't mind that at all, because I, and especially just knowing a little bit about his personality. Um, I think peace of mind is important to him. It just allows him to focus and, and grow his game. He doesn't have to uh, you know, kind of get outside of what his personality is. He's usually pretty measured. Um, They've done a fantastic job of recruiting the area, right? Yeah. And it and I and I and I think it's gonna keep growing. And Valentine made that a priority. It's like went after saying as soon as he found out he was getting that job, that's kind of one of the first uh, uh, things he did is reach out to Saint to really try. Hey, we really want you. And how about and then, Omaha's presence? <laughs> I've seen that like back to back to back tournaments really starting to do their due diligence on the younger guys too i've seen them with the 15s i've seen them with the yeah. 16s i mean the, the the profile has definitely been upped yeah tyler Irwin and pat everhart were both kind of hanging around kansas city the last two weekends um saw them both down there and obviously you mentioned d-rock he was there um all weekend long watching uh the price and josiah yeah. for uh, osa and um some some other guys and um so yeah it's i think Nebraska did well for itself. Probably the, the coolest thing that I saw from Indy, though, for the Supreme 17s was Cale Jacobson getting out there and actually getting in the game and um, get, yeah, getting his, a bucket. His dad had a night. He had a and great then, tweet. And then kind of seeing afterward, check back out, and the hug he and uh, Brad shared. Just really good family, really good people. Um, like I, I, I screenshot that one a little bit just because yeah. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, and you, you won't find a bigger fan of Cale Jacobson than me. And I just feel heartbroken for that kid that I thought he was uh, – obviously, Jay, Jay Dawson's made a lot of progress and has done really well. But I thought last summer, Cale was the best guard in the class. And for him not to get a chance to – even he, early in his junior year to, to, get, uh, to have the ACL tear and then miss the entire 17U uh, season when you've got live periods coming back, coaches yep. are able to get out there and – um, but it seems like just hearing from those guys, he really embraced kind of just being another coach on the bench and really cheering for his guys and uh, just being there for them. It tells so, you a lot about a kid, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, that was a g- good weekend. We will put a bow on the summer next week. We will do preseason rankings. I think we feel comfortable. Maybe. <laughs> We'll do A and B. We'll try to we'll try to eke out a top ten. B may be a little tough, especially seven, eight, ten. I have a couple dark horses that I'd like to pay attention to, and then we'll be ready to turn the corner as camp will open up August 9th for football. Oh boy, 
And we'll show you a little versatility. How about that? Looking forward to it. He's complete. I, I just call him JP. It keeps it easier. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. Appreciate you tuning in. Back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. A Huda Media Production.